Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, happy holidays. We've got some breaking news on our end. We are very pleased to announce that our very own Tommy Alexander is now a new dad to a healthy baby boy. So please join us in congratulating him for making some big time moves to his own team faster than Rob Palenka and the Lakers front office have for theirs. But all jokes aside, if you would like to congratulate Tommy and his family on this momentous occasion, the best way to do so is by leaving your congratulatory remarks in the form of a five-star Apple podcast rating and review for the Lakers Legacy Podcast. And if you want to do something even simpler than that, well, you can also take 10 seconds out of your day and give us a five-star thumb tap at the top of our Spotify page. Just click on your Spotify app, search for the Lakers Legacy Podcast, and at the top, click the five-star dial and you should be set. I know Tommy and Tommy Boy will greatly appreciate it. So thank you in advance and maybe stay tuned for a new Lakers Legacy Podcast co-host in the near future. And now, on with the showtime. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where remember, remember the 15th of December, because <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like trade miss everywhere we go. So time to fire up that trade machine and get some winter trades consummated. Well, actually, knowing this front office, we'll probably just get another revised trade timeline very soon. But for now, in this episode, we're going to foolishly take the front office for their word and anticipate the floodgates of trade heaven opening up after this December 15th D-Day date. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host and new dad, Tommy Alexander. Hey, Tommy. Hi. How's your December going as a new dad? It is fine. Cool. I hope your son can hop on the pod soon and spit some of his hottest takes. If they're hot enough, he may just replace you. How do you feel about that? Hey, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that said, and with December 15th coming up in just a few days, 
That means that the majority of new free agents who sign this offseason will now be eligible to be traded, including some notable ancillary names, some of whom we'll discuss in this episode, that the Lakers may want included in any larger trade packages that they consider. And most importantly, as far as the Lakers are concerned, they can now also add all of the veteran minimum guys they signed this offseason to any trade package in order to take back more salary from another team. So in this case, guys like Damian Jones, JTA, Troy Brown Jr. Now, outside of this December 15th date, the next most important trade milestone date that we need to keep in mind is January 15th. Because on January 15th, there is another slew of players who re-signed with their team or got contract extensions with their team this past summer who will finally be trade eligible as well. Now, caveat, this does not apply to popular Lakers trade target Bojan Bogdanovic, however, who dropped a cool 38 points on the Lakers' heads last night. Though Bojan did sign an extension with the Pistons, because of the length of his extension, he is and has been trade eligible all this time. And in fact, Shams has already reported that the Lakers did try to trade a protected first to Detroit for Bojan, but of course got rebuffed because a protected first from the Lakers is pretty devalued because of the Stepien rule stipulations placed on that pick and because it's likely going to convert to two second rounders if the Lakers protections convey. So all that to say, if the Lakers want anyone of real value and if the Lakers are actually serious in making trades, they're going to have to trade an unprotected pick. But anyways, yes, Bojan can be traded at any time irrespective of December 15th and January 15th. But with regards to this January 15th date, there are a few players on this list who I want to go over with you because they may be of particular interest to Lakers fans, given how oft talked about some of them have been in various trade proposals thrown about. So Tommy, are you ready to go over some of these names on the new 115th list of trade eligible players? Yes, I am. Okay, so I I only outlined players that the Lakers would potentially be interested in. So players who signed in the offseason or re-signed this offseason who are now eligible to be traded on January 15th include Nick Claxton, Cody Martin, Mo Bamba, Chris Boucher, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal. So kind of a short list, but there are some names on there who the Lakers could be interested in, whether it's the biggest of names or kind of the ancillary parts as well. So if the Lakers are targeting any of these players, it may make sense for them to wait till after January 15th to pull the trigger. Whether it's to make a part one trade in December 1st, then pull off a part two trade after the 15th, or to hold on to their two firsts altogether and then wait till 115 to assemble their whole package. So with that said, and with December 15th being the Lakers' new date of rapture that they've been pushing out as part of their gaslit propaganda, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Lakers' new vaunted trade package of Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, a minimum guy, and one first-round pick. It's literally the same package that Rob Palenka was peddling last season last trade deadline just swap out THT with Pat Bev and here we are again back to where we all started I feel insane talking about the same things over and over again but hey here we are so with that package of none Pat Bev minimum and a first the Lakers can take back around 18 to 25 million dollars just on the outset before I get started with some of these options what do you think about that package that the Lakers are sort of dangling over the rest of the NBA do you think anybody will view it as enticing I think somebody will would bite on it for the pick. Um, yeah. 
But you're getting – you're most likely getting back an expiring contract is the problem, right? Because it's like I, – I, I just don't see who – I don't know. Maybe there's some list out there that we could look at. But it's hard to imagine a $20 million player who has two, you know, or whatever that – Pat Bev, none, and, and let's call it Damian Jones or whatever adds up to – I think we could take back probably around $20 million back. Who can we get for that that like – is on a two-year, multi-year deal that the team doesn't want them, that right. we would actually want to spend a first-round pick on, right? So it seems like kind of unlikely. Well, good thing you asked because I have some options for you. Some of these we've oh. discussed. <laughs> some of these we've discussed before, but I will just now that we know what the Lakers are planning to do or what they've said they're slated to do with regards to trade options, we're going to take Russell Westbrook completely out of, out of the table, and that doesn't mean that they can't make a trade part two with Russell Westbrook and their other first. But for now, it seems like they're going to split things up in that way and half-ass things like they usually do. But anyways, with that said, I did come up with a list of some maybe intriguing options. So let's start with the common trade targets that have been oft-talked about before. And I'll also have you rank these in terms of preference. So with none, Pat Bev, a minimum, and a first-round pick, are you ready for some of these uh, common trade options that have been talked about before? Yes. Okay, your thoughts on, and we talked about this in the last podcast, Eric Gordon and KJ Martin. So Kenyon Martin Jr. I mean, I would do it. Great. And I don't know if you've seen any of KJ Martin's last two years, but this guy's only 21 years old. He is a high upside small forward slash wing. He's had like a 20, I think a 21 point and 15 rebound game in this season alone. He's averaging 11 and 5 in 25 minutes this year, 54% from the field, 34% from three, hitting 1.1 a game. He also has a 21 and 5 assist game where he hit four of eight from three. So I think it would be worth the first for Eric Gordon alone, but also if we can somehow get them to throw in Kenyon Martin Jr., I think you get the best of both worlds in terms of someone who can help you win now with his experience in Eric Gordon, plus you get the shooting plus Kenyon Martin Jr., a high upside flyer on a wing like that. Do you know anything about K.J. Martin? K.J. Martin, he sort of reminds me of, like, the way his dad played, dude. Like, when he gets into yeah. the paint, like, he is, like, aggressive. You kind of feel like maybe there is an opportunity there because the Rockets are obviously loaded with long, young wings at this point. So maybe there's a chance that he sort of squeaks out of there. No, yeah, and he has a $1.9 million club option for next year as well, so the Lakers could potentially retain him on the cheap if they trade for him. And one thing to note about Kenyon Martin Jr. is, kind of like JTA, he does have some pretty smart, instinctual playmaking skills. So just keep that in mind for a high upside, athletic, wing sort of player like KJ Martin. So yeah, there's Eric Gordon and KJ Martin. Next trade, that is a trade that you've probably heard before. And it's probably one of the more boring trades that we've heard of. Comes to us from the San Antonio Spurs. This one involves Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, maybe Jakob Pertle, and maybe we can get the Spurs to throw in Isaiah Roby as well, who they claimed off waivers, something that the Lakers should have done because they had a higher waiver claim than the San Antonio Spurs. But yeah, essentially, this is Jakob Pertle, Jay Rich, Doug McDermott, and Isaiah Roby. You upgrade on size and shooting. And yeah, I'm I'm not sure whether the Spurs would actually include Jakob Pertl, but you'd figure that if we're giving up a first, we'd want more than just Jay Rich and Doug McDermott back. But yeah, your thoughts on the San Antonio Spurs package involving a combo of these players? 
Um, this is more, to me, this is more like a, I don't know if it really moves the needle a ton type of trade. Maybe not enough to use a first on it. I mean, it's hard because these are all upgrades over like this package. I mean, none has been kind of a disappointment. Pat Bev has been a huge disappointment. Um, and Damien has been a disappointment. So it's like replacing those three with like any three able-bodied players who can like go out there and give you some minutes seems like an upgrade, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just because we played this first three times in the last week and a half or whatever. But, like, Doug McDermott does not look that good to me. Um, and I just feel like if he's not drilling, like, 45% from three, which everybody in the world knows he's trying to shoot. So, like, how do you justify, you know, keeping a, a guy like that on, on your team? I, I don't know. I, I would probably pass on that one. Yeah, this is probably one of the more uninspiring packages that I've heard of, especially yeah. if the Lakers have to take back Doug McDermott's $13.7 million contract for next season as well, because it runs through to 2023-24. So in a deal with none, Pat Bev, and a first, it would likely have to be Jay Rich, Roby, and Jakob Pertl. And while Pertl is a very girthy, strong big man who could help preserve AD for the rest of this season, and while he's one of the better interior defenders in the league— He's also a non-spacing big who will clog the paint for AD and disrupt the rhythm and flow that AD's been in this season at the five. So yeah, even if you're boiling things down to just Jay Rich and Pirtle and Isaiah Roby, three expirings, in total, that's still a pretty mid-package if you're giving up a 2027 unprotected first. Maybe if we were offloading Westbrook's contract and getting a trade exception back, it would be more worth it to give up that first, but... Right now, it could probably be argued that Westbrook is giving more on-court value to this team currently than any of these Spurs players. So, um, and especially because Jakob Pertl has been injured recently. So yeah, there is the boring Spurs package. Moving on to another trade package that's been incessantly talked about around these here parts. This comes to us from the Charlotte Hornets. We've got, of course, Kelly Oubre and Mason Plumley, both expiring contracts. Kelly Oubre is, I believe, $13 million expiring, and Mason Plumley is around $8 to $9 million expiring. Kelly Oubre is actually averaging 21 points this season. Uh, his last game, he had 29 points, although he is only shooting like 31% from three, albeit he is making 2.33s a game. Although I guess, you know, with the injuries that have happened in Charlotte, someone's got to do something, right? So that's Kelly Oubre stepping up to the plate inefficiently as he usually does but yeah there's Kelly Oubre and then there's Mason Plumley, averaging 9.5 points 9.3 rebounds and then pretty impressively 4.1 assists as well maybe you can get the Charlotte Hornets to throw in PJ Washington if they don't want to deal with his qualifying offer and restricted free agency maybe you can get them to include recently signed Cody Martin who's been out this season with an injury but he's on a seven million dollar contract but let's make this package center around Kelly Oubre and Mason Plumley. What are your thoughts on this Charlotte Hornets package? I like Kelly Oubre. Again, this is like, it gets back into like, what it, what is the value of this pick, right? Because Kelly Oubre is an expiring contract. I'm not sure what Mason is, but... He's expiring too. He is. So it's like, we're getting back two expiring contracts who like... I mean, we could, again, we could use these guys. So it feels like silly to say I definitely wouldn't do it. But for a first rounder, I probably wouldn't do it. I don't think... If Bojan Bogdanovic is not getting you a first-round pick in a trade, like, before the season, I can't see how Kelly Oubre gets you a first-round pick, like, mid-season. 
Now, what if they included like a PJ Washington or Jalen McDaniels, who has been killing it this season? And I yeah. kind of liken Jalen McDaniels to the next. He's like the new age Robert Covington. Um, what if they include yeah. one of those guys? I mean, if I don't think they would include Jalen, but if they did, I would take yeah. him. Um, if they did uh, PJ, uh, PJ, even PJ, I feel like he's it's enough of like a, a flyer, like a high upside type of flyer, and you know, this guy was like. This guy showed some promise early in his career and then sort of got, like, phased out over there. So I would be a little bit more interested for PJ. He sort of fits, like, a height position of need. He's not a bad shooter, um, and he can do some things offensively. So, Yeah, and his uh, qualifying offer for next season is only about, uh, it's $8 million, so it's kind of a chunk of change. But if he yeah, shows, I mean, he's doing pretty well. He's number 12 overall pick in 2019, but I, I like his skill set. He is like prime Markeith Morris, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think I might still just do Kelly Oubre and Mason Plumley at this point. Uh, actually, no, you're right. I'm settling too much. Give me Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumley, and uh, PJ Washington, and I'll throw in the first because they're not taking on Russell Westbrook for us here either. Yeah. I have to remind myself of that. Okay, next one. Harrison Barnes and Chemezi Metu, maybe Rashawn Holmes. I would do that. I like Harrison oh. Barnes. Yeah, and and we would. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter because he's expiring. Well, maybe too, it doesn't though, matter. But... Yeah, he is. He's expiring. But we. I, he's a guy that I would actually like to keep long term. I've always liked Harrison Barnes as a player, and I think his shooting is down a little bit this year. The last time I looked, but he plays solid defense. He, again, height, height position of need. He'll get you some rebounds. He can hit threes. He seems like a decent fit next to like a LeBron and 80 led roster, which, you know, we're, we have these guys for the, at least for the next year or so. So I think I would do that if they throw in Rashawn Holmes, that's like icing because we need more mm. bigs who can play. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So moving on to, I'm going to go back to the Indiana Pacers, but now split things up a little bit. What are your thoughts on if we did a half of the Heald and Turner trade? So either none Pat Bev minimum first for Buddy Heald plus O'Shea Brissett or same package for Miles Turner plus O'Shea Brissett. Although I think that latter package, I'm not sure Indiana would do. I think they would definitely do the Heald O'Shea Brissett deal, but your thoughts on those two? I probably would not do it for Heald. Part of like the Heald thing was like you're taking back... Um, Russ from yeah. us, you know, in the original trade. So it's like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll take healed in that scenario, but I, I would definitely do it for miles. I still think notwithstanding the fact that miles kind of got punked back in back to back games by LA centers. Um, I, I would still take him as a, uh, in this sort of Pat Bev none type of package. And I don't know, I, I would feel for like an expiring miles Turner that if we're throwing in a first, O'Shea Brissett is like not even in the rotation for those guys and he could actually yeah. help us. Um, and we would probably have to send out like three guys. So to make the trade work, I, I would definitely take miles. Yeah, I think I agree with you as well. And an unprotected first from us and this front office is going to be very valuable. <laughs> probably the most valuable first round pick that the Pacers can find. Although it's a question now, you know, as they continue to progress in the standings, whether or not they, they might just resign Miles Turner, right? They'll have to make, come to that decision for themselves. But I would definitely do the Miles Turner and Brissett one. I agree with you on the healed one just because he's like another Malik Monk and we have him on for $18 million next year and already nuke our flexibility in that respect. Um, last one in this grouping, what about Gary Trent Jr. plus like 
I don't know, Juancho Hernan Gomez or something like that. One of their 6'8 guys, which they have 10 of, but mainly Gary Trent Jr. plus Juancho. I think I would do it. I believe Gary Trent is having like a down ear shooting, right? He like has taken yeah. kind of a dip. Um, he's shown enough to me to, 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 for me to know that he's like a reliable shooter. I don't know why. I, I honestly, I don't watch any Raptors games, so I have no idea why he's shooting so down, but, um, he can hit it's a three. It's really down. It's like 31% from yeah, 38%. Yeah, it's only nearly year. a career low. I mean, first season, it was a small sample size, so you can't really count it. But he's basically been like hovering at about 40 most of his career. Um, so anyway, I, I think I would probably do that one. I think like, again, Gary Trent, at least you have him in-house then, and you can kind of think about how you want to extend him or keep him on your team long-term. Um and, and, you know, he plays solid defense and is a good size for a shooting guard and can just light it up. And he's not just like a spot-up shooter, right? Like, that was kind of my problem with McDermott. It's like Gary Trent is like an all-around offensive player. So I like that trade a little bit more. Yeah, I think this is one of my top trades as well, just because of Gary Trent's history as a knockdown shooter, even in playoff situations, but also being a pretty feisty defender as well. Plus you get some size with Juancho or whoever, whichever wing the Raptors decide to uh, throw in the deal. Now I just texted you the list. So you have a more visual view of things. How would you rank this? And I can go first. I think I'd have number one, Turner plus Brissett. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think I'd actually put the Kelly Oubre, Plumlee, PJ Washington package, just because I'm oh, looking at this strictly from like a size perspective. I'm just kind of, maybe this is too um, lowest common denominator thinking, but I'm just like, which gives us the most size, you know? And then three, I think I would go Eric Gordon and KJ Martin, just because you get the shooting for sure. So I'm looking at shooting and size, right? Mm-hmm. Eric Gordon gives you the shooting. KJ Martin gives you the wing size plus some potential. Um, four, I'd probably have Gary Trent Jr. plus Juancho just because Gary Trent seems like the best player both now and later outside of Miles Turner in this grouping. And then that's when I'd have Harrison Barnes, the Harrison Barnes package, the Heald and Brissett package. And then last, I'd have that Jay Rich, Roby, uh, San Antonio package. But how would you have that going? I'd also have Turner, Brissett probably is my first choice. I think after that, honestly, I might do um, the Harrison Barnes trade, mm-hmm. and and especially if it's Rashawn Holmes. Um, okay, meant to I'm like kind of whatever about. Then I would probably do Gary Trent, and then I would do Ubre, and then Eric Gordon, and then the Jay Rich package last. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, We'll see if any of these come to fruition. Probably not. Let's take it to break first. When we return, I have some more creative new trade targets outside of these off-talked about, and we'll go through these quickly. But I'm interested to get your thoughts on these new ones when we return. So we'll catch you guys after the break. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Tommy, so I have some more creative new trade packages based off of this none bat bev minimum first round pick thing. Um, and these are more guys that haven't been too often talked about, but let's go through them. Your thoughts on, I'm going to start with the most boring first. Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, and Torian Prince from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Kyle Anthony Towns is going to be out for a while. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with the, their season, but they could maybe use a first-round pick because they gave up like all of them in the True. Rudy Gobert trade. But what are your thoughts on more size? I, I don't know if they're like in exciting size, but Kyle Anderson, Nasrid, and Torian Prince. Um, I like those guys, actually. Slow-mo, Kyle Anderson, I just... I don't know that I can take Stu Lance referring to him as slow-mo for 60 games. Um, that is kind of one of the things that's a downside to me in that trade. Uh, but otherwise, I like those players. I mean, and they all help. They all are size and sort of fill positions of need. So I like these players too. The only downside is they are all on, except for Nas Reed, who you'll I think you'll have to pay next year. They're all on multi-year deals. Uh, Kyle Anderson's going to make $9 million next year. And then Torian Prince, uh, he's non-guaranteed next year, so might not be that big of a deal. He's non-guaranteed $7 million. So if the Lakers really like Kyle Anderson, who's a versatile guy who can also kind of initiate the offense, and he obviously has size at 6'8", that would be an okay trade. It's not exciting, but it's okay. All right, next one. You've heard this one before, but Mo Bamba, Chumo Kiki, Terrence Ross. (laughs) Oh my god, I just like don't want us to get Terrence Ross because I just feel like <laughs> the prophecy, bro. Yeah, I know. Rob has been like p- pushing us down this path for years and and this has started even before the Rob Blink era. Okay, every Lakers front office, I feel like we've been trying to trade for Terrence Ross for like 15 years. Uh, so, I I I don't want it to happen because I psychologically I don't think I can deal with it, but um in terms of talent, I mean Yes, I, those guys could help us, and you know we get more size, and and yeah, it's not a bad trade. Like I said, our team is pretty bad, so most guys could help us at this point. Yeah, I think I like Chumo Kiki out of this group the most, just because he has that wing size and has proven himself to be a very solid defender. Mo Bamba gives you a little bit of a flyer upside, but it it's very telling that Bull Bull has supplanted him as the uh, center or backup center on the Orlando Magic, and his slight in frame size kind of worries me next to ad he may just be another one of these rotation bigs that gets phased out but bomba has some upside because of his shot blocking ability and his ability to stretch the floor so i like that you get the size plus the theoretical shooting in terrence ross okay next one so this one is from the washington wizards 
And I know the popular name that's been thrown about right now recently is, of course, Kyle Kuzma, especially because Eric Pincus has reported that Kuzma apparently wants out and he's going to take his player option and test the free agency market this summer looking for a contract around $20 million per year. And even with all of that said and all of that smoke, and even while I would personally trade one of our first to get Kuzma back, I still find it unrealistic that the Wizards would do that. I think Kuzma likes his role being the like 1B guy in, in Washington. And even from the Lakers end, I feel like if they really wanted Kuzma back, I think they just wait till free agency to sign him versus giving up an unprotected first. Um, so with that said... My new Washington Wizards deal is a revised version of a deal that I proposed to you prior in our number 446 episode where we looked for smaller and big man trades for Kendrick Nunn. But in this new revised Washington Wizards deal, we'd be trading Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn, and a first four. The very athletic and springy Daniel Gafford, who has a contract extension that kicks in next year for $40 million that runs till 2026. And then instead of Kuzma, we'll be taking on the more realistic Will Barton instead. Will Barton is a 6'7-ish scoring wing with a 6'10 wingspan, who is an expiring $14 million this year, barely being played by the Wizards this season. And then maybe you can get the Wizards to also tack on Vernon Carey Jr., their former number 32nd pick in the 2020 draft. He's Came from Duke. He's got good size and length with a seven foot wingspan, six foot ten. Still only twenty one years old. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, first round pick, veteran minimum for Daniel Gafford, Vernon Carey, and Will Barton? I don't know anything about any of those guys except for Will Barton, unfortunately. But <laughs> I mean, I will say with Will Barton, right? It's like, yeah, you get a guy who can be a little bit of like an. Ex- oh, you know, you know about Daniel Gafford. AD dunked all over him in Przingis, and then he dunked all over us by catching an alley-oop dunk 15 feet behind his head. Oh, yeah, that, they're, they're center. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I like these guys because it's anything is an upgrade for us. Will, Will Barton can at least shoot, and he's been in the league for, whatever, a decade, and, and you can kind of count on him to hit his shots, and I don't know what he does for you defensively at this point, but he's actually, like, weirdly not that bad of a rebounding guard. I mean, like I'm looking at his numbers right now when he was like in his prime, he was averaging five a game. He's a career average for a game for like a guy who's predominantly thought of as a perimeter player. I think that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and like you said, he's sort of been maybe phased out a little bit there. So I, I like him. I like, uh, and Gafford, like the athleticism is, is enticing, I guess. So, yeah, and Daniel Gafford is still only 24 years old. He's six foot ten with a seven foot two wingspan. We obviously saw all of his potential a couple weeks ago when we played the Wizards. And um, so the reason I think Washington would do this is outside of getting a premier first round pick from the Lakers, they may also want to get off of Daniel Gafford's three year extension deal that kicks in next year so that they can re-sign Kyle Kuzma. They also have to re-sign Porzingis and think about what they want to do with Rui Hachimura's future as well. So they have a bunch of financial decisions to make with their front court. So maybe they'd be willing to let Gafford go for a first to get off of his money. Uh, The question is whether the Lakers would want to do this, obviously. Even with all of his upside and athleticism, do the Lakers want to commit their next three years at $12 million, $13 million per to a player like Daniel Gafford? Now, I've personally always been high on Daniel Gafford since he was drafted. 
it's a deal that I would consider because it gives you like, I don't know, a sort of center in the future. But again, the Lakers would have had to do their due diligence in evaluating Daniel Gafford to commit to him long term in that deal. Okay, so for our next trade proposal, we're going to go over to the New York Knicks. And yes, I know, I know, Cam Reddish this, Cam Reddish that. You've heard all about Cam Reddish deals for the last three years. So yes, this trade will in fact include Cam Reddish. It thankfully will not include Evan Fournier though, because whether we can save a first round pick or not, there's no way in hell I'm taking on Fournier's $19 million contract for next year and nuking all of my flexibility. There's a reason why this dude is racking up DNPs in spite of the fact that he would help our shooting. But anyways, this Knicks package will involve Cam Reddish, but it will also involve someone who we need to wait till December 15th to get. Because on December 15th, Tommy, Knicks center Isaiah Hardenstein who signed a two-year, $16 million deal with the Knicks this summer, will finally be available to trade. I don't know if the Knicks are ready to give up on him, but they did sign Mitchell Robinson to a big extension, and Hardenstein is now coming off the bench and only playing limited minutes. I'm guessing he wanted a bigger role. And if you can include Hardenstein in a package with Cam Reddish, then you have the makings of a pretty enticing trade proposal. Uh, Maybe a fully unprotected first is too rich for those two, but I don't know. I really like that combo of size and defensive potential. Plus, these are two young players who, if they hit for you, you can build on for the future. But what are your thoughts on Isaiah Hardenstein, Cam Reddish, of course. This is like the new Terrence Ross. Cam Reddish, and I don't know, maybe they throw in Derrick Rose, but pretty much Hardenstein and Reddish. Um... Yeah, I mean, Hardenstein would just be such a massive upgrade over what we have. And I, you know, it's like you wish we just signed that dude over the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe they're having some sort of buyer's remorse because they have like so many bigs now. So maybe they would do a trade like this. But I like I like him. I, I like Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish has potential to have like a... Lonnie Walker-esque type of explosion and maybe outburst playing next to LeBron and AD, and especially because he's familiar with those guys due to the clutch connection, right? So I would be very interested in that sort of trade, and I feel like that would probably make us quite a bit better. Yeah, I think Hardenstein is like the perfect center to have next to AD. He can like take all those bumps and bruises and blows in the paint for AD. He has historically always been analytically one of the best rim protectors in the league. He started to space the floor a little bit this year as well. Actually, he's always sort of spaced the floor. He just hasn't gotten the full green light to do so. But really, it's the defensive end. If you're looking for like... If you're looking at Zubots and being like, how does this guy lead the league in in blocks and he's getting 30.3 rebound games? I'm not saying Isaiah Hardenstein can do that, but he is a very solid center that can yeah he's super yeah he's super super solid defensively in 22 minutes he's averaging a point or excuse me a block and a steal per game that those are like numbers that are hard to do if you're like a full-time starter so for sure you know there is an opportunity there because of how the knicks like front court is sort of set up so i would definitely definitely be looking into something like that and he's only 24 years old too yep true um last one the detroit pistons We've got Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, and Sadiq Bey. I think the Detroit Pistons, I've heard some rumors that they may be trying to move off of Sadiq Bey, their former lotto pick wing guy who's very inefficient three-point shooter, but he can get hot, put up 30 points and like seven threes or whatever. But let's say it's Sadiq Bey, their former lotto pick, Nerlens Noel, and Alec Burks. Alec Burks, I kind of put in the same bucket as um, 
Terrence Ross. It's just like we I feel like we've been trying to trade for this guy for 15 years. <laughs> so, you know, I would take him. He's a reliable shooter. He's I mean, this dude has been stroking like over 40% for like the last five seasons or three seasons, three, four seasons. So he's been solid. Um Nerland's Noel is again, I, I think is like a as like a type of guy you could get next to AD. I think he fits. They have the Kentucky connection and you know, he's an athletic kind of long big. I don't know too much about Sadiq Bay, but but yeah, I mean those guys would would definitely help us. Yeah, I think so Sadiq Bay has some upside. As I mentioned though, he is a pretty inefficient shooter. He had some pretty big games last season. He's averaging 14 points, 4.6 rebounds this year. Um high volume three-point shooter. His first his rookie year, he shot 38% from 3, 2.5 makes. Last year, he scored 16 points, 2.8 assists, 5.4 rebounds, 34.6% from 3, hitting 2.6 a game. So, he can definitely stroke it from 3. He's 6-7, good size, so it wouldn't be a bad flyer for the Lakers um to take. And yeah, you get the veteran presence of Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel if they can stay healthy as well. So, I think it's one of those trades again where you can get the Maybe sort of the best of both worlds where you could maybe make the swap in your mind with regards to you having to trade a first but getting a lotto pick and Sadiq Bay back with I think he has like one or two years left on his rookie deal and seeing if you can make that work. Um, but yeah, I kind of also I, I'm intrigued by that deal. I'll just say that much. All right. How would you rank this um, this next batch of five newer slash more creative uh, trade options? And I can go first again. Number one, I think I'd go with the Hardenstein reddish package just because I, I think out of any of these guys, I trust Hardenstein the most, and he's shown us a floor that kind of can't be debated at this point. And then reddish, you know, he's kind of volatile, but he has upside, and he's also shown flashes of being able to contribute on both ends. So you get the awesome size there. And then number two, I think, I think I'd go the Magic package, even though you hate Terrence Ross. I just think <laughs> it's a it's a good combo of size. Um, some youth, but also if all else fails, oh, Terrence Ross can get us some points off the bench and he has better size than what we have now and he gets us the shooting theoretically. So number two, the Magic Package. Number three, the Wizards Package with uh, Will Barton, Daniel Gafford, um, Vernon Carey. Number four, um, I think I do the Sadiq Bay uh, Burks Noel package for the Sadiq Bay upside and the win now help with Burks and Noel. And then five, the boring Timberwolves package with Kyle Anderson, Nas Reed, and Torian Prince. How would you have it? I think pretty similar. I, I would do the Hartenstein Knicks trade first. I think Hartenstein Reddish, even Bros, honestly, could help us. Um, I'd probably do the Pistons trade second. Um, I think Burks could help i noticed you didn't put um bogdanovich in there though i i feel like that could be an option oh, from too. the pistons yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that's true um anyway uh burks you know noel I, i'd probably put that second i then i'd probably go to the will barton one then i would probably do the magic one and then finally kyle anderson last so bringing it back to the bojan bogdanovich end of things um, in spite of the fact that he has been amazing this season, given that he's going to be on the books for next year and he's going to eat up about $19 million of your cap space, is that worth an unprotected first round pick in spite of what he may provide you this year? I don't know if that's worth a first round pick. I, I guess like, well, I don't know if he signed an extension or what his 
structure wise. So he's going to make $20 million next year and then 19 in 24 25. But apparently the 24 25 is only 2 million guaranteed. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically you have them for the rest of this year and next year. I don't know. Is that better or worse? Because it's like if you're spending a first round, like what are we doing this year, right? Like we're not going to be contending for anything. So like yeah. you're, you're mostly, I guess my prerogative would be to like line up guys that you're not otherwise going to be able to sign in free agency. Yeah. And that's totally fair. But I guess we already know what the Lakers feel about how much Bojan is worth because from their end, He's apparently only worth a protected first-round pick, which the Pistons have already rejected. Now, will the Lakers make that an unprotected first after he dropped 38 points on them? Or if the Pistons tack on Sadiq Bey to the package, does that lessen the blow for the Lakers uh, with regards to them giving up an unprotected first? I personally think it does, but, you know, that would require for the Lakers to, from their end, actually spend money. And also think about building out a roster with some cohesion and continuity and getting rid of their precious 2023 cap space plan, a.k.a. their get-under-the-repeater tax plan. But yeah, many new things to consider as we approach December 15th. Now, Tommy, with everything that we've gone through, do you think any of these hypothetical deals I propose will actually happen after December 15th? No! No! Well... I actually do think Palenka will swing the Cam Reddish deal and withhold any of his firsts and just call it a day. But yeah, anyways, with December 15th coming up in the next few days, I thought this would be a fun exercise for you guys to listen to. So yeah, with that said, buckle up, maybe. And yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Happy holidays, everyone. And Tommy, I will catch you later, Cat Daddy. Peace. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.